Welcome to the Courageous Path podcast, which you can find on SoundClouds and iTunes and subscribe or follow there. My name is Rachel Horton White, and you can learn more about me at soulfulworkconsulting.com. I'm so thrilled today to share an interview called Healing the Body with Food with Cheryl Horton, no relation, who has transformed her life, her body, and her family's experience by healing herself and sharing with others the miraculous benefits of raw food and and transforming a health diagnosis of Lyme disease, her body ravaged by antibiotics and other medications, and her son's experience with Lyme disease and autism to bring about a way of being and a lifestyle that is aligned with their truest and highest selves. These words here that Cheryl will share might just bring about a new mindset for you in your own life or in a health experience that is affecting you in a negative way. Hope you enjoy. Hi, Cheryl. How are you? Great, thanks. How are you? I am good. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me today about your um, life and your story of healing um, your body and your spiritual self um, from Lyme and starting several businesses, tending to your children and your grandchildren, Mm -hmm. um, and all of these incredible um, feats that (laughs) I think will really help inspire other people. So having said all that, would you mind sharing a little bit of um, your your healing story with us? Yeah, um, it's a long story. And um, in the past, I think I would have told you that I have been sick for years, and I would have really sort of focused on that sickness. But today, I don't refer to it that way. I refer to it more that I'm on my healing path and um, that that I am and that's where I'm at today and that it, it's been a it's been a path of sadness and great happiness. And that's the that's where I'm at. And I think it's so important for me not to focus on sort of the illness and the sickness piece of it as it is to focus on how I got to this point and hopefully you know that can make a difference for somebody else as well I didn't know what my calling was I didn't know what I was supposed to do essentially what am I supposed to do when I grow up right Mm -hmm. um but I, I knew it would come to me and and it did come to me I had I felt the urge to take action there was a there was a calling Uh, for me to take action. And that action was for me to share, for me to share this message of health and well-being and peace within, within ourselves, Um, that eliminating what's toxic to your body and working on eliminating what's toxic to your mind is just cleansing in more ways than, than the physical manner. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that is what's led me down this path, the path of sharing my information and continuing to educate myself. And just the paths that this is taking me down are, if I had to guess a year ago or not something, I would have said, this is the path I'm going to take, but I'm following, I'm following the path that is being laid out before me and I'm trusting that path. Mm, That's beautiful. 
And you, it's like, I think so much of what happens is that people learn, they apply um, a story, somebody else's story to their own lives. And it sounds like you have a story for what you did to heal yourself from Mm -hmm. the debilitating effects of Lyme disease. Can you talk a little about what you specifically did from going to being, from being bedridden to having energy to do all what you do? It's been probably an eight to 10 year process. And I started the process out like most people do, doctor after doctor, being denied care, um, being eventually, you know, lots of guesses on a diagnosis, all of which, you know, came out to be negative. And then finally being told I must just require massive amounts of attention and I should see a psychiatrist. And... It was just, you really, and most people with Lyme, you end up feeling so beaten up and so thrown out by the system um, that we all have to work within until I was fortunate enough to find a wonderful homeopath. And because he is a doctor, he started me out on this huge course of antibiotics that I would probably did for three years and that in itself ravaged my body and from there I made the decision and I think this is a path a lot of us we call ourselves limeys (laughs) Um, a lot of us limeys take is that we we end up doing the pharmaceutical um, path then we say I've had enough of this and what it's doing to me in other ways and we take the more homeopathic path then we, you, you delve deeper and you start to say, okay, for us limeys, food is a huge effector of how we feel and you dive into that. And then you start looking at herbal remedies and more natural processes. And I mean, I was on um, antibiotics, anxiety meds, painkillers, um muscle relaxants, you name it. And, and they had me on it. I, um, and, and my goal was, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this to my body and I want to work on it differently. This is, this is not what's right for me. Um, but fortunately with this doctor and working through educating myself, um, I've been able to maintain my current baseline as with people with Lyme that have had it for as many years as I have, you you have your ebb and flow. You are times when you're feeling great and times where you're not feeling so great. But my goal is to maintain my baseline. Yeah. And as long as I can do that and be, I think, of value to myself and my family and and to others, then that's, that's my goal. I'm not looking for... Um, I'm not looking for the person that can go hike Mount Katahdin. I'm, um, I'm looking to be happy with who I am. And that's the process I've taken. And it's made a tremendous difference. And how did raw food play a role in this? You know, that's so interesting. And one of the things that happens when people first find out that they have chronic Lyme, most um, practitioners that are willing to treat it will drastically change your diet because the spirochetes of Lyme um, feed off of the sugars in our body and the gluten and the dairy and that sort of thing. And one of the hardest things for people with Lyme is to eliminate all those things. 
but I did. And um, that was the process of also eliminating, healing my body, but educating myself continually. It, it was somewhat helpful that um, in, in a strange way that my son had Lyme and, and he needed to go on a drastic diet. So it's funny that we're willing to go to greater lengths for our children sometimes than we are for ourselves. Yes. But, yeah. you know, the two of us working together and we have just discovered this new life that revolves around things that essentially I'll call Mother Earth that that were here, put on this earth for us to enjoy that are, um, you know, fresh and that are not processed and covered in oils and heated to the point of losing any nutritional value. And we fooled ourselves for years thinking, go on this diet, count your calories, eliminate your carbs, eat all protein. And, and you just are messing with your body because what we're naturally made to do is eat what nature provides us. Um, and in doing that, I have just seen such changes in my in, in just so many ways, my stomach, my ability to um, be at peace with myself. I, I honestly don't think my work with you would have been successful if my body wasn't ready for it, you know? Yeah. And and it was so ready. It was probably past being ready. Um, and I was able to hear. And, and now I just feel like I'm able to hear and see a lot of messages that are put in front of me. Mm. And I try to share that with my, my children. And I try to share that with my son who um, has autism and also deals with Lyme and also deals with um, co-infections that are um, part of Lyme or part of, you know, what I passed on to him. And, um, and, and we work on sharing that message in our house. And I don't want people for a second to think that I've um, successfully converted my entire family to eating raw. <laughs> that would be wonderful. But what I have done is opened their eyes and they're eating healthier than ever. And they're questioning before they put something in their mouths. And, um, and, and, that's, and that's my goal. Even, even in working with people, that's my goal. If I can get you to add one raw meal a day, if I can get you to think about what you're about to put in your mouth and what it, what it does beyond just that instant, um, taste, that instant sensation that, you know, we don't have to be that way. It's not about what happens in the moment. It's a, what happens in the long run. It's about what happens to carry you further down the road. It's not about the moment. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful, Cheryl. And I <laughs> you mentioned your um, your son, and what makes me think of is how many other fam families out there who also have children who've been diagnosed with autism or somewhere on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little about how you've supported him and his emotional, spiritual, physical needs, especially having Lyme as well. Yeah, and um, what that how I. What can you share with other people that are working to help their children as best they can and help society understand their children <laughs> and yeah. vice versa? I think for my son, um, 
he he was born with a phrase that we've coined. We call it sick child syndrome because he was born a micropremie weighing barely a pound. Um, he's known nothing but doctors and medicine his whole life. And now I'm working to take him off his medicine in, in, a, in a reasonable way. And his autism has played a huge role in what we do and a huge role in him recognizing that he's different. And it's an uncomfortable feeling sometimes to think that you're different. And why can't I be like everybody else? And why doesn't people, why doesn't anybody want to spend time with me? Mm-hmm. And my, my whole goal is teaching my children, um, you know, mindfulness about sitting with themselves and just sit with yourself and, and be quiet and listen to what's being said. What are you hearing? What are you telling yourself? And if it's something negative, then I know we need to work on that ego mind, right? We need to work on getting rid of the noise in our head, right? And I've done that with, with um, both of my children, both of my boys I'm, I'm, um, who are um, still living at home. I have a daughter who's an adult. And, um, and the funny part is that there's more resistance with her um, than there are with our younger kids. And so I think that if we can start our children at a young age to recognizing that, um, especially for my autistic son, he's so intuitive. And for a long time, he was afraid of the things he was seeing and hearing. And Western medicine convinced him that he was indeed a crazy, crazy that, you know, that indeed there were things wrong with him, but there was nothing wrong with my son. He was so intuitive that he was seeing the angels that are there in, in his, and the, you know, the spirit guides, he's seeing them. He can talk to them. And I encourage that. And I encourage that peace that comes from him not being afraid of what he may see in the nighttime. Um, I encourage them to be mindful. I encourage them to meditate. I teach them how to breathe, to bring themselves back to ground zero. When we had the supermoon, we set up a whole scene outside, so to speak. We, we started a pit fire and I let them set up microscopes, but, um, not microscopes, <laughs> telescopes. Telescopes. I know what you meant. <laughs> but you know, the moon was so bright that you actually couldn't look at it through a telescope. It was, it was blinding. It was amazing. So we laid out a big blanket on the ground and we sat there under the moon and we talked about how it looked like the moon was pulsing, like it had a pulse and like how there were times it looked like it was reaching out for us and calling to us. And then there were times where it was just shining and, and how, while the temperature outside of us was cold, the moon appeared to be very warm and encompassing. And we just sat outside and, and talked about that and did that. And again, I don't get like, you know, 20 minutes of time out of them doing this, but even if I get five minutes of them sitting there and thinking about this process and, and, you know, letting them realize that they are completely in control of their body, then, you know, I, I've won, they've won, um, to know that and to be at peace with who they are, 
and what they have to offer the world because I am fully convinced that our children that are autistic will one day have so much to offer this world. They have so much now. We just are trying to fit those so-called square pegs in our round holes. And it, and it doesn't work that way. We need to learn from them because they see the world in such an amazing way, such an amazing way. And, you know, sometimes I'm so jealous of how he sees things um, and how he processes things because it, it seems so much easier sometimes in his mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just, I can't tell you how um, reassuring I think this might be for so many fam- people who do listen to this uh, to try to understand their children. I think, you know, from a spiritual perspective, we don't always, you know, in the, at least in the traditional Western medicine world, you know, you're not going to go to a doctor and they're not going to say, oh, your child is just very intuitive and is a rainbow child. And that's why, no. you know, <laughs> but it's like, because that's not what they know. Right. Right. And, and I think that's the piece of advice I would give to everybody. Everybody starts out. I'm no different than anybody else. When you find out that your child is autistic and usually there's more than one diagnosis that goes along with that. Um, there may be some physical things there may not, but there may be some other mental health diagnoses that go with that. And we all do the same thing. We feel helpless. So we seek out doctors who have been trained to hand out medicine. And we believe that's what we need to do. But we're not, we don't take time to necessarily teach our children um, that it doesn't have to be that way. And I'm just so fortunate that I have been able to expose him to those other, to the other side of it, that um, he can calm himself, that he can be with himself, that he is wonderful, that I stop sometimes and just watch him as opposed to trying to make him fit in with the group. You know, he stands out because he is so unique. And, you know, let's be honest, sometimes he's quite quirky and um, and that's uncomfortable for people. But um, we need to stop being uncomfortable and allow these kids to shine the way they do and and he does. And, and all my children, you know, with their anxiety, um, again, it's just about sitting with themselves. And my autistic son, like I said, he's very intuitive. He has been able to see people that have passed before us and, and talk with them. He has a huge piece of amethyst in his room that we put out and recharge during the um, supermoon. And he feels very comforted by the fact that, you know, it brings in positive um, feelings and positive spirits. Probably about once a year, we will sage the house and do that process. My other son, he's more about meditating and working on quieting the mind and breathing and, um, and, and not being on any meds. He, I, I trust my children when they say, I want to do this on my own. I know it's a lot of work, but I want to do it. And I'd be right there next to you, helping you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just, I think my advice is take a deep breath, look at your child and Western medicine. We are so grateful for it, but it isn't always the answer. 
And what a gift they have, your children have, Cheryl, for you to be able to support them in this way. You know, it's really such an amazing gift that you've given them. (laughs) Well, thank you. I think the hard part is that society isn't still ready to hear it. And so my children will go to their respective schools and maybe share some of the things we've done. And people look at them like, what is going on in that house? And sadly, they don't share so much about what they do anymore. Um, And they just keep it to themselves. And we practice it here at home. And hopefully, you know, they practice if they're in a tough situation outside of the home that they're able to draw from it. Um, But won't it be wonderful if the day comes that in society, in a public situation, you can openly talk about those things and not have somebody look at you like you really are insane. You really do have an issue. And the day is coming. Yeah. (laughs) I think, you know, I think it is. People are starting to open and kids these days are, there are probably a lot more kids out there like your sons who are intuitive and may look, or at least by, you know, with your one son, um, intuitive, but may act a little differently, but there are lots of kids like him. And the more that we speak up about it and, you know, he's just a child, but eventually he might find the courage to speak up about it. And and that might give somebody else the courage too, you know, to also say like, oh yeah, me too, you know. <laughs> right, right. And you know, all of my children are finding that spiritual path in a different way. And and I'm just excited that they're finding that path. Um, you know, I'm so proud of them that at all of their young ages, even my adult, young adult daughter, you know, she's finding her spiritual path. And it's just so exciting to watch them find that. And the more they find it, they just literally, we, we all just become lighter. Yeah. Um, because we're not, we're not carrying the burden of the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's so nice, Cheryl. Such uh, words that will inspire and lift up people. <laughs> so um, any other lasting, you know, um, pieces of advice or you know, things that you might be able to share with people that I think we all are sent messages, whether, you know, where they come from, um, is sometimes hard for people to, to accept, but we're all sent messages. And, and I would just tell everybody to never be unhappy in your current work situation or your current life situation that listen to the messages and act on them. I know sometimes it's difficult and you can talk to this, right? It's difficult to sometimes take that leap of faith mm-hmm. into whether it's starting your own business or into making a change into any of that. But the, the rewards are so phenomenal when you make that step and you have that sort of self-confirmation that, um, this is what I was meant to do, Yeah. you know, and, and it is a lot of work. It's a lot of work to sort of do all this stuff, but, and it's an ongoing process. I don't want to lie, but it's so worth it. It's Mm -hmm. so worth it. Mm -hmm. And, um, where my mind is at these days compared to even a year ago is so amazing. And people will meet, you know, run into me that haven't seen me for a while. And they're like, what's different? 
have you what what have you done have you have you changed your hair have you you know what what's different they can't put their hand on it well what's different is i'm different i'm i'm at peace and um and i want to share that with people and you are thanks <laughs> so thank you so much cheryl and by the before we go can you share you have a website for life in the raw can you share um, it's that? it's being worked on but okay. um yeah, they'll so soon can find you. Yeah, well, can they find you somehow? People wanted to. Yeah, they'll get soon raw food from you. There'll soon be a, a Facebook page, hopefully within the next couple of weeks. But in the meantime, what I can do is give out the email address, and um, it's life in the raw. Dot Cheryl, with a C, at gmail dot com. Okay, life in the raw dot c h e r y l. Correct. At, did you say Gmail? Yes. Okay, great. We'll put a link up too. So. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. And I, I can attest that I have had your food <laughs> and delicious. And filling, by the way. I was so full, which is, I mean, you were serving us. It was a feast, but I was still full, right? Like very soon. Yeah, feast, so. yeah it's absolutely um, amazing. And uh, I'm so excited. I will have a juicing class that's coming up and I'll advertise that. And um, I will soon, hopefully, I don't want to um, jinx it, but I will soon be teaching at a local um, medical facility as well. So um, there are places to come and hear and try, and uh, I'll, I'll start putting that out. Wonderful. That's so awesome to hear, Sherry. Well, thank you yeah. so much for your time and thank you. your words. I hope you enjoyed this interview. For more information about me, you can visit www.soulfulworkconsulting.com. And I'm Rachel Horton-White. Thanks so much for listening.